Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hey, I'm Scott Pipe. Hi, I'm Nick Percat. You are listening to Inside Supercars. All the racing I've done, supercars and, uh, you know, all the GT and drifting and all that kind of stuff, I think it all helps. A lot of seat time and having some good times racing, it's, it's a lot of fun. As long as we don't allow some of the lunatics to um, get the keys, then uh, it'll continue to be at the, um, at the forefront uh, through hard work and diligence, particularly on the part of the team owners and investment by them. From the racetracks across Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars. And welcome to Inside Supercars in our second weekend after Bathurst. We're still uh, enjoying and reflecting on what was a great race. Craig, it's great to uh, to have a real treat today on the show. Two co-drivers who really acquitted themselves very, very well. One, of course, stood on the top step of the podium, so you don't acquit yourself much better than that. Indeed. Luke Yulden and Gary Jacobson are joining us in today's show, but before we get to that, there's an awful lot to talk about because the real surprise of this week, of course, was the resignation of James Warburton at the end of this year's season. After five and a half years, He's moving on, and I understand he's uh, already announced where he's off to. Yeah, APN Outdoors, you are probably familiar with the uh, company, more so what they put on the side of the road or the side of the bus shelters, and uh, it's an outdoor marketing company, and he's made the announcement, or I don't know that he made the announcement, I think APN Outdoors made the announcement that he'd be joining them for uh, reportedly a million dollars a year. Now, I would have thought he was on that at Supercars, so um, if he was on a lot less than that and Supercars couldn't find a million dollars for him, I, I think there'd be quite a few team owners, Tony, that would be asking the question why. He he led them back from oblivion. He, he led them out of the, uh, out of the bondage of uh, poverty into uh, more affluent times. He did, indeed. He, he uh, had the television deal was one of his biggest coups because, of course, there were uh, three other blokes who were preceded him in the job in the space of sort of four years or five years. And, and left uh, the place in a terrible culture, Tony. That was the, uh, that was the critical thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yes, not only left it in a terrible culture, but left many people thinking that the series was uh, on the way to rack and ruin. But anyway, so James Warburton's off. It's a bit of a surprise, this uh, job at APN uh, Outdoor, because he's been mooted for jobs with the NRL uh, and all sorts of other things. Of course, he's a television bloke from uh, both uh, Channel 9 and uh, Channel 10 and 7 in recent times. Got the TV deal done for supercars, which was a combination of 10 and Fox and has been successful in getting other events, including, of course, the one that's happening in a matter of weeks, is the Newcastle event. So that's one of the changes. Of course, the other one that was already happened was that Matt Braid is uh, leaving the, uh, the factory. Um, but then there are a whole heap of others, like Steve Horn stepping down as chairman of the commission. Mm. The fact that Roland Dane is uh, stepping off the, off the uh, board of directors. Rod Nash is going to go and replace him, it looks likely joining Brad Jones, you know, there are enormous uh, amount of uncertainty about various parts of the structure. But I suppose one of the things that is very solid is that you know, you've got Dave Stewart on one side, Shane Howard out there as well, Kurt Zakzewski running the Newcastle event. A lot of very good people have been in positions within the organisation for some considerable time. So the, the mechanism still keeps on working, just uh, some changes at the top end. Yeah, the place isn't going to fall so apart of because the... of it, is it? It's going to keep on tracking. No, no, no. Mm. No, it, and it's not. But uh, it, it's certainly from a time after post Cochrane when there was a gloom and doom was certainly the flavour that was talked about. It uh, is far from that now. Um, so uh, that's one of the items um, coming up. We've got this weekend coming, Service Paradise, the final round of the Pertec Enduro Cup, the final time we'll see the co-drivers. Um, there's also a couple of other exciting things. Career Cup is having its uh, final event for the uh, year, so the champion to be there to be decided. Um, and uh, we're also in the uh, throes of seeing the Formula 5000 
probably the specification being uh, closer to settle, the combination of the two cars, the Chris Lambden car on one side and the Oscar Fiorinotto design car on the other. So that'll be interesting, seeing Tim Macro out in Lambden's car, possibly uh, Leanne Tander back out again as she did at Sandown. So that's terrific to see. Uh, other events uh, around the, the clock uh, that you're aware of, Greg? Well, I think uh, we're all waiting to see how um, the Gold Coast reacts to uh, the news. Everyone on pit lane getting together for the first time. Of course, you've got a, a board meeting for a VESCO. That organisation does still exist, and uh, they've got their annual general meeting on, I think it's the Monday after the event. So uh, it'll be interesting to see just what comes of that meeting in particular and uh, if there was any uh, particular teams that might have been uh, not wanting James Warburton to go forward and I don't know uh, if there were teams or if it was uh, Archer that had put the kibosh on uh, James Warburton's future with the organisation but it would be very interesting to see if uh, the others who do believe that James has done a fantastic job for the organisation is going to turn to them and say, uh, well, you didn't want this fellow to go forward, are you going to present someone who's better? And uh, that will be a very, very interesting meeting, uh, depending on the lay of the land. And what we don't know is who uh, sowed the seed of doubt that uh, has seen James Warburton leave. There have been various things that have been put forward that uh, uh, Warburton was after more money and one of the directors said no. And I, Look, I think it's, it's conjecture and uh, until you had something more solid, I think it's worthwhile leaving it all alone. Mm. It is going to be spe- great speculation and, and uh, controversy. Yes, indeed. Uh, what we should get on to is uh, after the break, we'll be coming back with Luke Yulton who's been on the podium. This will be his third podium uh, when he got on the top step this time, third podium at Bathurst in his 19 years of driving or 18 years of driving at Bathurst. Um, A fantastic result for for Luke and look forward to talking to him straight after this break. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Still a bit in shock. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, everyone. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck for Daniel Ricciardo's old man to have found a few mates to tip some money in and send him overseas. There actually needs to be a structure. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Michael Caruso, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. And welcome back to Inside Supercars. Craig and I are lucky to be joined this week by a winner of the 2017 Bathurst 1000, Luke Yulden. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Yeah, thank you, team. I'll tell you what, I'm still getting used to that uh, that title, but uh, yeah, it's sinking in, that's, that's for well, sure. Well, you've got it for life, mate, so just you better get used to it. Yeah, It's absolutely. a wonderful to have you here, and obviously somebody who's been going to the mountain for 18 years since your debut back there in 2000. Yep. Uh, an extraordinary... Uh, you, you've got a great record there because you've been on the podium three times, and there's an awful lot of guys who haven't been on that one of those steps, let alone the top three. It's, um, yes. it, it's pretty amazing because you've done it with 10 different teams, everywhere from Larry and, and his, uh, your debut with Larry in a couple of years there, all the way through the Ellery, the privateer team that had great backing and super cheap, bringing them into the sport, Stone Brothers and FPR, Brad Jones and Penske last year, and this year Erebus in a new formed, new holding team. There you are with Dave Reynolds and you win the event. It must be quite something to have done it with so many different teams. Yeah, pretty surreal. I mean, um, and some, some pretty awesome teammates along the way. You know, Russell Ingle, Fabian Coulthard, you know, Davison, Winterbottoms, Van Gisbergens, you know. So yeah, yeah. I've been lucky, lucky enough to sort of match myself against those guys and see where I sort of stack up. So, um, yeah, as you said, it's, it's good to do it with Erebus and with Dave. I've always wanted to drive with Dave, to be honest. Um, it's he, He's been a, a mate of mine for quite some time. So, um, 
I just think we our our different personalities sort of suit, and, and it seems to have worked that way this year. And I think um, it's a little dynamic, and and yeah, obviously it's uh, it's paid to pay dividends. Starting out with Larry, I mean, you, you and what paired with Christian Murchison, you'd both come yep. out of Formula Ford. You'd won the championship in the McDougals in a um, Miguel, yep. uh, and that was the first non uh, Van Diemen championship, wasn't it? Yeah, it would have. Yeah, I guess it would have been. Oh, I'm not sure. Did uh, did Adam Macro win in a Spectrum? Did he win championship? I can't remember. I think oh, I think well, he may have won yeah. in a Spectrum. Well, certain, certainly it was the first Miguel championship was, anyway. Yeah, absolutely, and, and it was probably one of the. I reckon it was probably the last one won, won by a, a non sort of professional outfit. Like um, you probably remember Tony. I used to tow that thing around myself and working yeah, up indeed. myself, and uh, and then from from championships beyond that, uh, they're all run by professional teams like Sonic. They came and, out of trucks. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So I was I was pretty proud of that effort, and then to get yeah, obviously to get plucked into that uh, into that second engineering role there was was pretty good. And I think I think maybe the fact that I was uh, sort of half a mechanic at that point and screwed a few things together that um, that Larry actually gave me my shot because I think it sort of reminded him uh, of him a little bit. So I was lucky enough to do that and. And actually, yeah, make the Bathurst to do in, in very similar conditions to what uh, what we won with last weekend. So it's, uh, it rained all, all time, but a little bit different in experience level since then. So I wasn't quite uh, as scared as I was in that first one, I can tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, of course, you uh, won the drive with the Elleries, which was pretty new. This was before, yeah, there was still a sand down uh, that year, I believe. Yeah, I think it might it might have been Queensland Raceway at that point. Yeah, so we had that, that, that that gap between between then. So um, yeah, I managed to win 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 a bit of a shootout against Owen Kelly for that drive, and and um, I enjoyed my time at Ellery's. I used to work with the team, and and it was good that we. I think some of the my my best results with Ellery, obviously, um, and I think one of the things I'm, I'm I'm pretty proud of, and and moving into the Stone Brothers days beyond that. Is that uh, those results were achieved when you could actually pair the two main drivers together? And um, yes. I was, you know, obviously always with a with a lead driver, and, and I think that that made the results even more special. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, and so, tell me your experience with David. He's a very different uh, driver, very different character. Clearly, he was very focused on making a, a, a real performance of you because you've had speed in the car all year. Yeah, those guys have been, particularly Al McBain, the engineer, those guys have been working well together on a, on a specific sort of path and it's all sort of sort of culminating in the last sort of couple of months. So obviously Dave's putting it on provisional pole there at Sandown and, and we did a pretty good job leading up to there. We didn't quite have the race pace, but again, we showed our qualifying pace again at Bathurst. And um, yeah, look, look, Dave's, yeah, he, he's... He's a very talented driver, absolutely very talented, and um, I think Al's gone on record as saying he's one of the one of the best. He's, he's a real deal, but um, he's one of these drivers that can that can switch off out of the car and switch on very quickly. And out of the car, obviously, he's well known for his joking sort of attitude and and carefree sort of stuff. But I can tell you what, he's very very focused in the race car, and a lot of those guys up and down pit lane would be very hard pressed to match him. I can tell you. Indeed, indeed. Data yeah. and engineering-wise, Luke, how is he compared to other other drivers? Does he study that sort of stuff? Yeah, he's quite he's quite clever. Um, he, he he absolutely does study it along with Al. But uh, I've seen I've seen guys, you know, really really focused on it. But I think he he, he focuses on a couple of key things that he's that he that he knows. Looks at a few things. Looks at some on board as well. Even you know, most of us do it. We we look at each other's onboard, look at each other's data. I mean, even if a even if a driver is slower than you, he's always going to be faster at some some area on the track that you can learn from. So um, yeah, Dave is very clever. He picks what he needs to pick and applies it, and obviously does a good job with it. And what about you? Are you a person who pours over data? Uh, yeah, I mean. It's, you got the tools there, so you got to they're at your disposal. So you have got to make the, the most of it. Um, I, I like to look at it once I've done once I've done a lap. Then it gives me a reference. So pouring over data leading into a race, I don't I don't have a reference point. So um, certainly vision. Look at a lot of onboard vision from from the race before or last year. 
for example. So, I mean, as you know, we don't do a lot of testing in these cars, so you have to do a lot of testing in your head, and that just revolves trying to do laps, laps and watching, watching footage. How important was it yeah. the fact that you had brand new tyres every time you went out there? Uh, it was an uh, interesting week this week because obviously, yeah, you're sort of alluding to uh, being on last year's old hard tyre and um, no one had any, any stocks of those or banks of those. So every time the car went out, it, it, yeah, it, well, it, it virtually had, you know, very, very new tyres anyway. But um, So that was, that was good in that respect. It meant the times on Thursday at Bathurst were, were particularly fast and it meant that uh, us co-drivers got a reasonable set straight off with, which gives you good confidence leading into the Friday and the Saturday. But... Um, as it turned out, the race was wet anyway, and it's, that, was, that was a funny strategy, I guess, for, for most teams, whether or not you actually put green wets on, whether or not you kept the wets on from the previous driver because they had some temperature in them, all sorts of things. So uh, we, we had all sorts of strategies, and lucky enough, it sort of worked out for us. I think they split yours at the first stop, didn't they? You had uh, warm rears and, and cold fronts. I had uh, warm fronts actually and cold rears, and that uh, that made it for uh, a very interesting first lap. I almost fenced <laughs> it four times, and um, at, at, at what I thought was uh, was was walking speed. Um, unfortunately, as as good as these Dunlops are, they're they're not a specific wet weather tyre. I'm not sure if your listeners know that, but it's it's basically just a groove slick, so it's it's not a softer compound, and they are they're very very difficult, and we're. Uh, yeah, we're very we lack a lot of speed in the rain compared to say like a GT tire or something like that where they come in steaming hot and they're very very soft compounds. So, I mean, it's the same for everyone, but uh, it just makes the the job for the driver pretty challenging. One thing that really stood out when I was watching, and I didn't go to Bathurst this year, first time in twenty something years, I suppose. But one thing that very apparent to me was the really high standard of driving, both co-drivers, all you know, all but Luffy uh, being uh, main drivers to start with. Um, and the, the co-drivers, um, in particular, the, the high standard and so few safety cars um, and that in the conditions, there obviously the track was like ice at times. Uh, do you, did you feel that, that there was a high standard of driving? Yeah, I think that's been a, a trend over the last few years, actually. I mean, the cars are obviously very even, very good. You don't see the mechanical issues. I think it was quite unusual to see so many mechanical issues, actually, you know, uh, on a yeah, race yeah, on Sunday. Yeah. But um, yeah. that's, that's that's probably a, an anomaly. But, um, yeah, I mean, standard of field, obviously, it's quite a small field in in uh, relation to previous years, I guess. No wild cards. You know, my, my first Bathurst, I was 40-something 40, 40 on the grid, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Now there's only 26 cars or whatever. So, um, obviously, that filters out. Um wouldn't say duds, but you know what I mean. It, it, it makes it makes the high standard of field sort of compressed, as you said, and and uh, yeah, you, you can't sort of rely on uh, on safety cars like you used to be able to, you know. And uh, well, the other I thing that's happened, of course, is we don't have any of you know there were virtually the New Zealanders are virtually Australians anyway. Um, no Europeans, no Americans. You know, it was. Well, if you don't count Andy, Alex Premer, Tony. Well, Alex and Simona are the only two, and both of them have been full-time in the series. So, you know, it's, it's quite an exception that we don't have all those fly-ins that there were for some years. And I suppose the biggest reason for that is the Enduro Cup because of the three events makes it so difficult to get somebody across those three. Yeah, it, it is challenging, obviously, logistically-wise and, and obviously being available depending on what other championships they're in. But um, don't underestimate the talent we got here, that's for sure. No, I, no not, not at yeah. all. I'm not that's right. suggesting that we, yeah. we do. I mean, the yeah. beauty of having the overseas guys was that it did draw attention in, in the other countries where they came from. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think, yeah. I, I think the event does itself. And, you know, obviously, you know, internationally, the track is known... Um, and somewhere that you know, would be really good. And you've only got to look at the 12-hour to see, you know, the, the way in which so many teams and drivers want to come and do that event because, obviously, the time of the year and the particular cars they are, it, it's so attractive for them to come and do it. You've only done a 24-hour or two, haven't you? You haven't done any many... Uh, I've done a couple of 12-hours, um, sort right. of low-key low, low uh, approaches, I guess. But, um, yeah, 24-hour, that was that was... Again, pretty atrocious conditions for us when we did that. Weren't um, you in the Fiat yeah, look, I mean, one year? Yeah, we won in the Fiat. That was, uh, that was, believe it or not, one of the one of the better programs I've been involved with, to be honest. So that was run uh, very, very professionally, and um, yeah, a lot of lot of people 
was sort of questioning my decision to get involved in that, but it turned out to be one of the best things I ever did. So the relationships I formed out of that and uh, some of the deals I got out of it was was really worthwhile. So uh, look, to, to win any race around Bathurst, I've been lucky enough to win in Formula Ford there in um, you know, development series. Uh, in um, yeah, just and now now down the main one, it's just um, it's just uh, yeah, I've always sort of done well there and. I think as a co-driver as well, because you do so many laps there over the years and because I don't do many laps in, in other, any other category, it's the, the track you feel, even though it's probably the, the gnarliest track we have in, in the country, it's, it's one of the circuits I feel the most comfortable at, to be honest. Because it flows. Yeah, it flows and uh, so many miles and it's a, it's a place where you can, um, if, you, if you've got some, if you, if you know some solid techniques about how to, get, how to go fast around there, it can really help you. And uh, sometimes it takes a, a lot of confidence, especially across the top, to, you know, you know and I think it's just I've managed to do that from the word go and, and, and learn off some really good teammates, as we talked about earlier, and apply some of those techniques and, and really uh, yeah, feel comfortable around there. You'd be aware that, I mean, I certainly am, it's only been in the last 10 years that people talk about the great. Yeah, because that wasn't a topic of conversation some years back at all. But now, you know, oh yes, you aim for the great. That's what you're aiming for. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, um, yeah, it's it's a reference to to give people a bit of an idea. But uh, I've I've never actually seen it at any time I've come down there. To be honest, (laughs) my eyes are as big as dinner plates trying to look for the next corner. But uh, it's a place where very very fast now, especially in the supercars, and it's a place where. uh, Sometimes I mean I don't break there uh, unless uh, unless the tire condition is pretty bad. So to, yeah. to come over that hill and 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 to not break when you're doing you know 180 k's uh, there is, is is pretty cool. It's one of probably my favourite places on the circuit to be honest. One of the things that doesn't happen anymore is that the lap um, for a co-driver to get on as they used to do uh, after the race has been won to get around. I mean that must be pretty special driving around the track. When you just won it, you know, as they did years ago back in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, it'd be, uh, I mean, yeah, obviously the race finishes and the cars come straight back in. You don't get to steal the atmosphere across the top. And as we know, it's a special place. But, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you'd, you'd love to love to do a bit of a, a, a bit of a, you know, driver parade or something after the race and, and, and feel the emotion. But, um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you feel a lot of it uh, in the driver parade in the morning and, there's uh, lots of words said and a few funny moments, and it's, uh, it'd be interesting one day, especially with Dave on board, to, to have a mic, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure that uh, not from the point of view of a 1,000K race, but for the 12-hour and the production 6-hour race, that you're going to be on a lot more shopping lists nowadays. Um, I, I hope that uh, they uh, bring some real things to you. Yeah, I'd like to think so. I'd hope so. Anyway, hopefully it gives me... Um, a little bit of job security over the next couple of years. It's you know it's obviously my 18th Bathurst. I've I've set a goal for myself. I really love to do 20. And um, yeah, but it's it's funny, isn't it? You you dream about this since you're five years old, and and uh, you know it gets to a point where you know you've done your 15th or 16th Bathurst, and you think, well, am I ever going to do it? And um, we've finally done it, and it's it's ticked the box and. Like I can, whatever happens from now on, I'm, I'm happy. You know? mm. Although and you've got course. the drivers at the other end of the scale too, Luke, that win it in their first year and then are, um, are chasing that holy grail for the next 18, 19 years. Yeah, exactly. And I keep thinking, you know, to have a sneaky thought about, you know, someone like Glenn Seaton who, who, you know, tried for so many years, 20 years and, and never got there, you know. So um, I feel pretty, pretty, pretty lucky, pretty, pretty privileged and, and to do it in the in the way we've done it, having um, yeah done it with Dave and Erebus and and you know Christmas time last year I, I did I didn't have a drive you know what I mean and all of a sudden you know ten eleven months later I've, I've won the thing so you know things you know just shows you, you never give up and you keep pressing on and and um, it's work. I know time's Dave, getting on, but uh, what's it like? After the race, of course, you go in and you do a Fox interview. You get brought in to uh, see us in the media centre. Then, yep. when when we all leave you alone, finally, what happens? Yeah, look, it just it just continues on. You know, what I mean, uh, as you said, Fox stuff. Uh, we usually do um, live crosses, and the, and the team has its own, you know, social media pages and things like that. So we were we were pretty flat out, flat out until uh, sort of ten o'clock, eleven o'clock that night of the race, and. Uh, to be honest, Dave and I, without burnout, 
as much as everyone's surprised, we didn't actually go out anywhere and celebrate. We sort of went back to the house. It was just Dave and myself. We were lucky enough that there was, there was a couple of beers in the fridge that the house we were staying at and drank that. You know, had a bit of a quiet chat to ourselves and a bit of a laugh and, you know, looked at each other and said, can you believe that? And, um, yeah, then, then we had to, we had to be up. We had to be up early. You know, we had to be up for, for, for live crosses at, uh, we had to be at the track at 6.30 in the morning. So it just, it just went on, just went on. So, and it hasn't stopped until now, you know, a full week later. So crazy. Do you think David's profile meant that you did a lot more media than you normally would? Because David's renowned. He, he's the only driver that's ever got onto Triple J. He's had, um, he's had a colourful past with the media and uh, things that he's said. Do you think because he won it, that meant there was more demand on you and more interest? No, look, I think I think that, the, the, you know, the, 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 it's just such a massive race and I think Dave's been quoted at saying you don't know how big it is until you, you feel that media attention and you feel, you know, the congratulations. You, you just don't get a sense of how big it is until you actually, you actually do win it. So, um Look, I, I think it would be the same for anyone, just regardless of, of what, you know. So, look, the, the press conferences are probably the, the biggest thing that when, when Dave's involved, you see you see lots more press coming in because they're <laughs> looking for a grab. But I think everything else we've done, I, I think it's, it's um, yeah, it's just such a, a massive deal and, and there's so much media around it. I mean... Not everyone watches V8s, but most people watch Bathurst. It's just it's what you do in Australia. You just watch Bathurst. One of the remarkable things is that you've got finished 14 of the 18 Bathurst 1000s you've done, which is a you know very high finishing rate. Yeah. You must be very proud um, of that as well. Yes. Yeah, I am. I am quite proud of that. It's uh, it, was, it was for a while there, I think, when I did finish, I usually finished in the top 10. You know what I mean? Yeah, so was, yeah, yeah. I was pretty pretty happy with that. It's... Um, you know, it, it is such a tough race to, 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 to finish and, and to, to have a record like that, yeah, pretty proud of. And, um, you know, obviously it's not just me, it's the team and your teammate. Everyone has to do a good job. So, I mean, uh, I've made a couple of mistakes and not finished and some teammates have made a couple of mistakes on me and not finished. So, um, I count it even. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. And, of course, uh, this weekend you uh, get to have your final run around. Is uh, surfers one of the tracks you enjoy is it slightly different obviously the Bathurst and Sandown yeah totally different feel um obviously the, the weather's usually good but it doesn't look like it's actually going to be this weekend unfortunately but uh yeah look it is a fun track it's a track I've been on the podium a couple of times as well and uh, uh it, it can be really enjoyable if they turn off those bloody uh you know uh, electronic markers we have across those tyre bundles so if yeah. we can really attack the chicanes it can be quite fun but uh when they start sort of turning up those uh, electronic bundles, then you've got to start driving around the curbs and the cars don't fly as much and you lose a little bit of enjoyment. But uh, let's, we'll see what happens this weekend. And uh, Dave, Dave's very, very mega around there. I mean, I think Erebus first shot to a few people's attention when, when Dave, um, I think he went to, to the pole in a top 10 shootout and I think he ultimately started third last year for the race. So the car has improved a lot since then. The team's improved a lot. And, uh, and again, Dave's won around there. So uh, I think we've got a, a very good chance at a good result. Well, the, the Enduro Cup certainly beckons, and uh, being only 70 points off uh, winning it, then you've uh, got a good uh, chance to pick that one up. Yeah, that's the focus now, absolutely. And it's a, it's a shame that, uh, you know, the Bathurst is not the last race of the year because then you can sort of soak it up for six months. But um, <laughs> You, you soak it up for a few days, and you got to revert your attention, as you said, back to back to the job at hand. And and Erebus, we're, uh, we're in a strong position. We're actually fourth and fifth with both cars, so uh, get a real realistic chance of taking it out. And it's been uh, this has been my best, I guess, position leading into the final round of the, of the Enduro Cup I've ever been in. So I'd like to take advantage of that and try and get another trophy if we could. Well. Already, you're going to have to hire a dinner suit and get yourself down to um, Sydney uh, for the uh, award night. Yeah, look, I was uh, yeah, I was, I was made aware of that the other day by my wife, Dave. So um, I'm lucky enough; I've got a black suit, so I'm all I'm all good. But uh, no, I probably had to probably had to move a few plans around to, to try and get that done. So, but uh, it's a good problem to have. Good problem. To have. Your bigger problem is coughing up the dough for the dress for Stacey. Yeah, well, look, that's it. I'm going to have to try and win another round so I can pay for it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got a wonderful photo of my son and your wife at uh, the award in Sydney uh, some years back. 
Yeah, well, Stacey's obviously been heavily involved in motorsport, as you know, for, for quite a long time. Still works for Paul Morris, so even though she uh, she's not seen around the traps, but um, she's still heavily involved. And and uh, yeah, she uh, she's got a work cut out for her looking after a couple of little girls now, which scream their head off for the TV watching Daddy. So so it's pretty cool. Another big win for the Aldens. Yeah, as we said off air, it's uh, it's one of those things that Talia, my oldest, she's uh, yeah, got a false sensation of how hard it is to win. She expects me to win every race I, I drive now, so she's my uh, best critic as well. She, um, if I'm off the road or done something silly, she's like, "What are you doing on the grass, Dad? What, what are you doing spinning <laughs> around?" Like she's, uh, it's it's very cool what comes out of them now. So, well, wonderful to uh, talk with you, Luke, and to uh, get your stories of 18 years of Bathurst. Yep. And I assume the next thing will be uh, getting ready to sign, or have you already signed on for next year? No, no, nothing as such. But uh, this, uh, I guess, you know, everyone's settling down after the weekend, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I'm not waiting till Christmas or January or February next year before I can do a deal. Because the thing that's uh, quite strongly in your history is that when you're with a team that you tend to stay with them. You know, four-year stints at uh, Brad Jones and Stone Brothers and FBR and two years at the Perkins. I mean, that's the continuity. You seem to, once you're in there, you, you stick around. Yeah, and I feel like I uh, drive a little bit better the, the second and third years as well if you do maintain that same continuity, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're, you're not learning new names, new cars, new sequences. You, you sort of feel a little bit more relaxed leading into that first first enduro round and, and hopefully I can stay with these guys for, for a little while. It'll be really good to continue that relationship. So as, as we touched on, I've got a, a great one with, with Al, the engineer, and a great one with Dave and certainly Barry and, and, um, and Betty and Daniel. So... Great little team. Love to stay here. I think it, it suits my personality as well. And uh, I think it really is conducive to, to good performance. So, fingers crossed. Well, thank you for joining us on Inside Supercars this week. Luke, it's been wonderful. We hope you uh, have as great a weekend at Service Barrows. It's only down the road from where you live, isn't it? Absolutely. Only, uh, I think, yeah, five or six k's. So, um, don't have to go too far. I can stay at home, which is good. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Thank you, Luke. And uh, we look forward to watching the results and seeing... Uh, you pick up another trophy or two. One of those surfboards will be put on the wall. Yeah, well, if you do that, have me on next week. <laughs> we will. We will. <laughs> no worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Luke. Much appreciated from Inside yes. Supercars. After the break, we'll be back to talk with Gary Jacobson. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every, every year I see Jackie's Grand Prix and I just remind myself of his part in, in starting the, the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Jack Brabham certainly left his mark not only on Australian motorsport but motorsport all around the world. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard and you're listening to Inside Supercars. And welcome back to Inside Supercars. As we said, we're fortunate enough we've got the 2016... The Super 2 champion in Gary Jacobson. More importantly, we've got a man who made his debut at Bathurst this year in the 1,000k race and made a great impact with his driving in very difficult conditions and ended up eighth, which is probably a bit below uh, where uh, he probably wanted to be, but certainly a lot of us thought they would be. Sharing the car with Jason Bright. Can welcome on board, Gary. Hi, Tony. Thanks for having me. It's uh, been a really great week of reflection after my first ever Bathurst debut. And, uh, yeah, we did to talk about the, the good times that we had on the weekend. So, Did you feel it was a, a big jump up? Because it certainly it looks like it in those conditions. Yeah, I, I remember seeing the look on a couple of the more experienced drivers' faces um, on Sunday morning when we were doing the Australian Anthem as the rain started to, to hit the track at Bathurst and uh, nobody seemed very keen to get out there. I think uh, that sort of made me feel like, OK, maybe this is a really difficult track to be in on the wet. But um, I've always been comfortable in the wet, well, as comfortable as you, you can be, I suppose. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, I suppose when I... I didn't have to start the race, so... 
spent the first stint just watching and learning um, where the cars were positioning themselves on the track, the faster guys compared to the slower guys, and sort of developed my own cheat sheet before I went out there. And, um, yeah, I felt pretty comfortable in the car, which was great. So it was good. You must feel very comfortable being with the same team you've driven now for a couple of years within the development series. Mm. To, yeah, to know yeah, all yeah, the people, course, yeah. to know the way their systems are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're just they're they're a very hungry team. You know, that they have tasted success and they want nothing more than success every time they get to the to the track. And uh, I was very, you know, I was very inspired by the team going into Bathurst, just being part of my first ever. Bathurst 1000, I, I could really see the energy amongst the, the whole team and I, I really thrived on it and, uh, you know, it's been an opportunity that only ProDrive could really give me, you know. They, they gave me my first opportunity to compete in the Super 2 Championship with a good car that could win the championship and, you know, thankfully, you know, I'm humbled to say that I've delivered on that but then also they've delivered me my first ever chance to compete as a co-driver, so, you know. Compete in one of their best cars in, in the, on the biggest stage of Australian motorsports. So, um, yeah, going into the event, it was just um, it was great to see the passion of everybody's faces. And I've worked a lot with the Super Two team, which I was very familiar with, and they integrated into the main game team. A lot of those guys have grown with me into that team, and uh, and yeah, it was it was a really good weekend just to see the full flex of ProDrive, I suppose, putting all their efforts into the into Bathurst. It was great. And you must be looking forward to uh, heading to Service Paradise. I mean, obviously, driving in a supercar is going to be very different to what you've done in the past. Yeah, it will be. Like, I, I can remember the first days I'd ever spent at Surface. I was um, under the, the guidance of Michael Ritter and Sonic Motorsport in Formula Ford. I, racing alongside teammates such as, you know, Cameron Waters, who I'm still with and with a different team now. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a track that, um, you know, is, it seems to have that higher intensity than than some of the other tracks. I think it's just because to be able to go fast there, you don't really get, you know, you, it's similar to Bathurst. You, you can't put a wheel off on the grass. You're putting a wheel into a concrete wall. So it's very tight, 90-degree corners and, very, you know, high brake pressure, late late braking style of corners with, you know, massive air coming off curbs. So I think from, you know, I had my pre-brief today talking to Frosty and Jason and the more experienced drivers about, you know, what to expect. And they said you just got to be comfortable with the car being in the air, which is probably easier said than done. So I'll get my first practice session, um, you know, in the second session, I get a full half an hour to sort of, Hit my straps and try and get as comfortable as possible before the rain comes. Hopefully, <laughs> driving you would have known Jason, of course, but maybe not you know well um, before you drove with him uh, this year. You, you started sharing. You went to a lot of the events early in the year, didn't you? Yeah, I was kind of his ghost in a way. Like I, in a way, like he was he was new to pro drive, and and wherever he went, I went. Really, like, I, I was going to races where I wasn't even racing. I was going to Perth, you know, at Barber Gatlow. Super 2 went racing there. I was going to Hidden Valley at Darwin, uh, Grand Prix in Melbourne. And I was just standing next to him as much as I could, just listening, um, trying to find the balance between not interfering and allowing him to do his job because I knew he had a massive challenge this year at debuting his, you know, his, you know, his well, coming back into the team after a lot of years away from ProDrive. But um, I think it's paid dividends now. Like a, we, we have a pretty strong relationship considering the short amount of time that we've known each other. And, uh, yeah, I really do value, you know, the support he's given me as well in in just the, the, the little bits of advice that he gives me each time I go out the track and things to look out for. And then just some drivers don't like to have a driver hanging around next to them while they're concentrating with their engineer, but Jason seems to be very relaxed about it, and he's happy to sort of have somebody stand next to him just to observe. So, yeah, it's been a really good year for me. I, I got to know Jason back in the days when Brightech was formed, and I wrote a fairly extensive piece uh, on him and spent a lot of time talking to a lot of his mentors. And uh, there's not a lot of people who know Jason. He's, uh, he's a very different person. 
um, to uh, many other drivers up and down pit lane. Yeah, he's true. Like, you can tell when, you know, he encounters people that he's worked with before or, you know, has, has, you know, has been part of other people's careers. They're all very happy to see him and, you know, walk into him and say hello to him. So he leaves a very positive influence with yes. people that he's worked with in the past. And, um, I suppose I'm, I'm currently having my own experiences with Jason and I suppose, yeah, I, I, I never really knew him that well through the TV camera. Um, mm. but he just excels in his knowledge and he's, and he's like in his guidance with, even when he works with engineers and stuff like that. Um, there's a, there's a little bit of that self engineering that he does do, um, that probably helps younger engineers develop their skills as well as the young drivers that hang around with him as well. So yeah, he, he's got a great character, a great family, even, standing next to his mother and father, you know, whilst I was watching him at uh, Darwin and Perth. You know, those guys are great. You can see why he's um, turned out to be such a good person in motorsport. Ken and Josie are two of the champions of that paddock, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah, they've got a fair few stories as well, you know. As you know, when when you're killing time at lunch, you know, just in catering and and just having a casual chat, you know, he's got plenty of funny stories that he can tell you about and... um, I suppose he puts the humour back into motorsport in a way. Um, yeah, just has a big, beady smile. And, um, yeah, I got along with him really well this year. It's been great to get to know him and his family. Mm. Well, uh, Gary, I, I hope... Gary, yep. it's, uh, it was interesting to see you in the car and watching, particularly when it went to the in-car footage, because we've spoken before about your uh, your summertime uh, adventures on the dirt track, and it seemed like, that was one of the things that when the car was getting loose, you weren't you weren't worried about it. You were just easing on the opposite lock, keeping the throttle in. And uh, where you'd see a lot of other drivers were very nervous. They were making very sharp movements on the wheel. You looked like you were comfortable with the car getting that loose. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. We have spoken a bit about the busy off-season that I had and the sprint car learning and enhancing my experiences on the dirt and, and, you know, to, to Tim Edwards' credit, he, he gave me permission to go and do that in the summer. And that kept me really sharp. And I think that we've just started to see the benefits of my wet weather racing now. Um, the Vicar and the type of tyre it's on, with the Dunlop tyre, it's, it's a pretty hard tyre to feel the grip. And to, and I, I suppose one thing that I learnt from Sonic as well, um, when I was racing in the wet and formal Ford, the harder you can push and create your own tyre temp, the better your car's going to feel and, and handle. And um, that's what I was trying to do. Like, the car didn't want to do a lot of the things that I was forcing it to. I, you know, across the top, it started to get a little bit loose over the crest as you go over the elevation. And on your way down the hill, the car can get quite light. And when you don't feel that grip straight away, it can make the driver stress a little bit but what i've learned in the speedway is that you know just having that little bit of throttle and guiding the car across those tough times where it doesn't want to glue to the track can just keep that momentum going and just develop that little bit more tire temperature into the car and then eventually you start to get rewarded as the stick goes on because you've been leaning on the tire that little bit harder than maybe some of the slower cars um you start to get rewarded with more tire temp and therefore more grip so um I must admit, some of the cars that um, I was racing against, it kind of felt like I had traction control and they had nothing. So um, the, the car was actually handling quite well as well. The ProDrive cars seemed to have responded well to the wet conditions. And also, you know, they were quite quick in the dry as well. So massive, you know, good you know, effort for the team to be able to provide a good competitive car in changeable conditions. When the weather's that wet at the Gold Coast... Can you be that aggressive? Can you, you know, there's, whilst it's not a lot of runoff room at Bathurst, it's certainly no runoff room at the Gold Coast. Yeah, I think I've just got to stick to, you know, I, I need to just stick to what I've been doing. I, I've competed in V8 supercar categories now for five years in Super 2 and now debuting into the main game as a co-driver and, I've never really been one for crashing into walls. And I suppose my style is, is uh, I've had great results at Clipsal 500 and Homebush and, and Townsville. I've had podiums at those sort of circuits. And one thing that I'm 
you know, we can't deny is that it hasn't really rained at any of those circuits. But um, where I've raced in the wet as well, I've never really crashed. Um, so I just need to stick to what I know. And I, I know my own limitations and it's, it's hard to kind of explain when, when the car is sliding and you're saying, no, I felt comfortable and I didn't feel like I was risking the car, you, you go and look at the slow-mos and you see your car in opposite lock across the top of the mountain. So, um, yeah, I suppose I just need to feel the, feel the grip first, evaluate how I feel in the first opening laps and then just push on from there. Mm. There's certainly no runoff room at Warnham below either, so uh, I guess in some no. respects it's exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I think... The, the street circuits in particular probably can be a little bit more challenging in the wet weather conditions. You've got a lot more painted lot, like painted lines that you need to travel across, and and uh, even riding a push bike this morning, it was you know drizzling a bit of rain, and I was even being sceptical of the painted white lines with the thin tire on the um, on my road bike. So um, it's going to be challenging, and I think everybody's going to be in the same boat. But I think. The, the drivers that will prevail the most will be the guys that can find the sweet spot, particularly on the exit the corners where there might not be any painted white lines or changes in bitumen surfaces and just trying to find spots on the circuit that can provide more grip than maybe you wouldn't go on in necessarily in the dry. There, there can be some pretty unique racing lines that you can find in the wet that can work really well. And that's just about being able to find them first and Are we actually getting the reward. We saw that at Bathurst this year with a number of drivers going for unconventional lines. Yeah, like it, in a way, they call them go kart lines, don't they? Mark Scaifes and yeah. Crompton were talking about the go kart lines, and sometimes the go kart line wouldn't work on some corners, and then other corners where maybe you have higher load and more rubber gets laid down because of the higher load or the difference in camera and the track, the rubber's quite thick in those spots. and I guess rubber, when it's raining, is quite greasy. It delivers the opposite response to what you would get in the dry, where you feel good grip on, on the line with good rubber. It can be the opposite of what you're looking for when you're in the wet. So, yeah, it'll be a challenging weekend trying to figure that out, but I'm sure we'll get through it fine. Gary, I'm sure you will. You just keep on doing what you've been doing, and you'll continue to make the inroads into that full-time drive in supercars. Yeah, that's a dream, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> we keep well. talking about it and we're being very patient, aren't we, Tony? But um, no, I feel no. like each year I'm getting closer and closer. <laughs> You're making it happen, Gary. You're making it happen. You made a lot of people uh, sit up and watch and um, pay attention to you. So um, you did a fantastic job and I was really pleased to see that uh, occur for you at Bathurst. Remember, it's not good luck, it's good management that's getting you there. Yeah, yeah, and that, you know, I'm very lucky to be competing in motorsport. There's a lot of kids that don't even get the opportunity to compete in the first place because it's expensive. Well, and you, you it's work a, it's hard a at it. That's, sacrifice. Why you, that's why you're succeeding yeah. at it. You work hard at it. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, there's, no, there's no expectation of saying, oh, well, I should do well because I'm really clever. You know? <laughs> just, just yeah, yeah. Well, you've got to enjoy it. you got to enjoy Indeed. it. So I'm, I'm enjoying where I am at ProDrive, and um, I've been rewarded with opportunity since I've come to the team and uh, you know there's, there's obviously one more step that I'd really love to be able to have and, and that would be debuting as a main game driver in 2018 but um, you know the job's not finished yet for me I still want to tick the Gold Coast box off and uh, we'll see what we can find at the end of the year in terms of opportunities Tony. Indeed we will Gary um, both Craig and I won't be attending this weekend We'll be watching closely, and uh, we hope to see uh, you have continue to have the great success you've been having. So thanks very much for joining uh, Inside Supercars this week, Gary. Gary Jacobson, uh, driver of uh, number four. It's just been wonderful to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks again, guys. Uh, always a pleasure to talk on Inside Supercars, and uh, big shout-out to uh, everybody that's going to Gold Coast. Come and say good day if you want. If you've got any questions, more than happy to... Um, to share my experiences of debuting at Gold Coast. So I'm um, looking forward to the sunny weather, hopefully. I'm um, sure they we'll will. We can do. <laughs> there you go. And after the break on Inside Supercars, we're back with our final thoughts on this pre-Service Paradise supercar event.
Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think it's a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as BS Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian Times since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au Hi, I'm Scott Pye and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Craig, it's been a fascinating uh, lead up to this uh, last event in the Pertec Enduro Cup. A couple of great young drivers in, well, still probably uh, he doesn't think of himself as being a young driver, but he certainly is a young driver even though he's done 18 Bathurst. Uh, Wonderful to have he and Gary on and telling their tales. They're very different tales of success at the mountain. And while Gary didn't get the ultimate success and it was a top 10 finish, which is always a great uh, thing to have, what he did do was show great skill uh, in very difficult conditions. I'm sure you'd agree. Yes, indeed, Tony. That's uh, one of the things, as I said to him, uh, the in-car camera was very telling on the way he was able to uh, get the car around the track. And uh, what I was thinking to myself was that was his summer of Speedway really paying dividends. Yes, indeed. My final thought is really about that very thing, that uh, the great driving standard uh, that we had and everyone around the world sort of who knows of this series knows that it's a very tight series. But the thing that happens, of course, uh, for three events of their calendar each year is that a co-driver gets in. And so there is a mixture of guys like Gary and Luke, you know, opposite ends of the experience spectrum at Bathurst, and they just did such a wonderful, wonderful job. And I reckon that, that there is as much an asset in that as is in what Archer uh, have built and with the likes of the James Warburtons and Steve Horns and Rod Nash's Roland Danes and all the people who work in supercars, the series is still in great condition after some difficult years when it was first taken over by Archer, when uh, Cochrane and Co were just out the door. Um, and I think it, it bodes well for the next chapter in the book of supercars. When the new cars come on stream, the, uh, um, the V6s, the turbos and the four-cylinder maybe. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating time in the future and now obviously there'll be some new people involved in it. So that's going to be an interesting chapter to look at. And get, Craig, your last thought? My final thought is can David and Luke continue on the momentum? No reason why they can't, but gee, the Gold Coast is such a different circuit and you'll know that there'll be two very ambitious Frenchmen and a New Zealander that want to put behind them the disappointment of Mount Panorama. Yes, indeed. Uh, and it was so weird to see, wasn't it, the engine problems for the two leading point scorers going into the event. Makes for a good championship. Uh, Scotty McLaughlin. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And the other thing, of course, is it doesn't take much to turn things around. You know, you have problems in that first race at service on Saturday and don't get out for Sunday. Bye, crikey, you'll pay the, pay the price in a championship position. But all in all, it leads to what will be uh, a great weekend. And, of course, this will be the, uh, the final uh, round in, uh, well, uh, Newcastle's the final round in Australia. But we next, uh, after Service Paradise, comes Pukekohe, which is one of my favourite events every year. And I'm looking forward to being back over there again to see these guys on such a challenging track as Pukekohe is. So, Craig, until next week on Inside Supercars, it's good night from me. And it's good night from him. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.